Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. Been a wild week. A lot has happened. Went to Vegas and back. Obviously, for media days, it was a blast. The Circa Resort and Casino was sick. But now I'm just really enjoying getting all this content out for you guys. We've had a couple of articles. We're going to have a couple of pods tonight. So looking forward to that. On this one, we're going to get into the recruiting approach, which I really respect the way that CSU operates as a staff. They don't get too cute. They don't play any games. I'll also have an article that comes out on this. We'll also talk about Norvell's approach with the FCS guys and bringing over a couple of players out of North Dakota State and how they kind of go through that and just how he leans on his staff that have been at the FCS level just as far as the evaluation process goes and why they like bringing guys with winning pedigrees and, and all that fun stuff. We'll play some audio from Norvell. But just briefly in the intro here, it's been four years of DMVR Rams. On this day, four years ago, we relaunched then BSN Rams. We switched to DMVR in September of 2019, I think. So like a couple of months after that. But it's just wild to me that it's already been four years I was a terrible podcaster at the beginning. Some may say that I still am, but especially in the beginning, I had no idea what I was doing at the time. I had done a couple of podcasts with Ryan Green back in the day. We used to have one that was, we called it the State of the Centennial. It was supposed to be a podcast similar to, honestly, what we would do at DNVR, which is basically sports, pop culture, and everything that intersects here locally. It was a cool concept and we had fun with it, but... It was just a couple of episodes that we basically did for fun. It wasn't anything that was monetized or anything like that. And I pretty much got thrown to the wolves, like the freshman in the lineup last year. Under normal circumstances, the staff probably would have loved to have me develop under somebody else, you know, have that veteran show me the way. But we didn't have the numbers. So I, I went out there as a true freshman Definitely made some mistakes along the way, had some bad turnovers, got chewed out by the the staff, all that. But I guess I kind of earned my stripes, so to speak, and we're still here. And it seems like CSU fans generally enjoy the content. So that's that's pretty neat, man. I don't remember the exact numbers when I came on, but it was less than 15 people. We had a little office in Lakewood, really tiny studio space. It was long before the the bar or any of that was even a fantasy. And really, I had no clue where any of it would go. I had done my own site for a while. I was excited to be part of a team again. And really, we've just figured it out as we've gone. 
it's been an uphill battle at times for sure. I mean, hasn't exactly been the most successful time period for me. The pandemic didn't help my cause at all. But that's the thing. I just always wanted to be there for Ram fans, no matter what. All the outlets are there when it's fun, when it's the good times. CU's a perfect example of that, and everybody drooling over Dion now. But the thing about being a Johnny-come-lately is you can't truly grasp the growth or what it really means to see a program rise from the ashes, you know? It's easy to hop on the bandwagon and all that, but if CSU ever ascends to something greater than the Mountain West or shoot, even wins a Mountain West championship these next couple of years, it's going to be so much special for those that have been there through it all. And those are the type of people that I've just tried to create content for because that's the type of CSU fan I was growing up. Obviously, my perspective certainly changed a little bit over the years. I've mellowed out, which, you know, you have to be to be professional can't exactly be the JTM I was storming the field in 2014 as a student. But I do think we've been able to find a cool balance here where, you know, my passion still resonates, but I am able to, you know, be objective, create quality content for everybody, do the role of a reporter. And I don't want to get too sappy, but I'm just thankful to be in a role that feels very natural to me. I do think I'm good at creating content. I think I know what I'm talking about. I think I'm a good reporter, all that stuff. My resume, I would say, speaks for itself. But when it comes to the traditional approach, I just always thought it would be so silly for me to sit and act like I'm not passionate about CSU or it doesn't mean something to me or anything like that. That's not me. That would be disingenuous. And I understand that that ruffles the feathers of certain people and you know, maybe if I carried myself a different way, I would be more on their side. But I, I think it's cool what we do at DMVR. I think we create quality content for fans, and I'm proud to be a part of what we built. Anyways, thank you to everybody that's been with us from the beginning. Thank you to everybody that's been with us for part of it. Just thank you to everybody for continuing to support the content. It means a ton to me. It's what allows all this to be possible. And I'm, you know, fingers crossed, but I'm, I'm hoping this is going to be the best one yet in terms of football and basketball. I think it's going to be a really sweet ride. All right, that's enough of that. Let's get into the meat here. Let's talk about recruiting. Real quick, though, I do want to shout out our homies over at the Circa Resort and Casino. Guys, they hooked us up in a major way. Media Days was there, but we actually partnered with them. They, they put me in this sweet room with an amazing view. And it's legitimately the best place I've ever stayed in Las Vegas. They have a three-story stadium-style sports book. It's absurd. It takes 10 people to operate the 78 million pixel screen. Stadium Swim, it, it lives up to the hype. I'm not exactly a man of luxury under most circumstances, but I felt like a king here, guys. I really did. And I could not recommend this place more. If you're going out for the UNLV game this fall, I'm certainly hoping to. That's where I will be planning on staying. Um, you can actually book your stay and get 20% off when you use the code DNVR20. I'm telling you, if you're out in Sin City, Circa Resort and Casino is where it is at. Also, professional rugby has returned to Rugby Town USA. Your hometown American Raptors have begun its six-match homestand against six South American rugby teams that make up the brand-new Super Rugby Americas competition. You can find the full schedule at AmericanRaptors.com. 
What's even better, though, is my man Colton Strickler has it all covered for you with the weekly DNVR Rugby podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Learn rugby with Colton's 101 podcast. He has exclusive interviews with athletes and coaches, betting advice, everything you're going to need. DNVR will have watch parties for the matches this year, so keep an eye out for that. And if you want to go over to Infinity Park, tickets are just 10 bucks. Children 12 and under are free. And if you can't make it, just watch all the matches live on ESPN+. If you didn't get the ticket you wanted as an elite athlete, check out the opportunities at Infinity Park. Rugby may just be your next ride. I know you can't comment on specific individuals before they've signed an NIL, but it's been a big summer for you guys recruiting-wise. How do you feel this uh, 2024 class is shaping up, and how many more guys can we expect, do you think? Oh, boy. I mean, we're going to keep recruiting. I mean, I think we have close... 18, 17, 18. You probably know better than me. 17 public. Okay, yeah. 17, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 17 commitments. And, and uh, it's been a really good summer. I mean, kids love it when they come to campus. They love our facilities. They love the community. Um, we've had a lot of success. Um, we have recruited a lot of really good players from Southern California. And once you get good players, they recruit each other. And so... Um, I think we're in a great space. I really do. I think, you know, we came to Colorado State because we felt like we could we could uh, have a tremendous team and have a chance to play on New Year's Six games and win championships and, um, and have a chance to move up in conference. That's why we came to Colorado State. So um, I think we, we are on that course. And um, I think as, as we continue to recruit, we'll bring in good players and those players will get better and, and um, we'll just add to it. What allows your staff to have this success? It, it seems like Chad especially really connects with the, the younger guys. Chad's done a great job recruiting, um, you know, uh, a lot of inroads. Uh, we added James Finley, um, you know, when we, when we were at Nevada, um, we had a guy named Eric Scott who made a lot of inroads for us in Southern California and Chad and James Finley have just taken that and, and gone with it. And so that's been huge for us uh, to get those types of kids from Southern California. Uh, and, you know, when Colorado state was having great years with Sonny Lubick, they were getting those kids out of those same areas. And so uh, I think it's important for our program. Uh, we've done a good job in Texas but also being in 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 uh, Fort Collins in northern Colorado, we're, we're 40 minutes from the Denver airport. We're we're nonstop anywhere in the country from Denver, so that helps us. We got three good kids from Chicago. We got kids from Arkansas. We got kids from New Orleans. So we we, we broadened our recruiting base a little bit, and it's helped us. All right, so that was Jay Norvell talking a little bit about their recruiting approach. He complimented Chad Savage and James Finley. I talk about it all the time, how huge those guys have been for CSU, their efforts on the West Coast. And I mean, Jay said it perfectly. When CSU had all those great years under Sonny Lubick, they were pulling players out of those same areas. And it's just encouraging to see that same blueprint. When you look at the history of CSU football and CU for that matter, When they have been winning, they're recruiting the hell out of Southern California, do well in Texas, do well locally, and then you can kind of pick and choose some states from there. The Rams have had some success in the Midwest. They've had some success, as Norvell alluded to, going into places like Louisiana, Washington, Arizona, Utah have been really good to CSU of late. 
But the heart of this class is from Southern California, and that's where a lot of these really highly touted recruits are coming from. Jordan Ross is definitely the biggest name, but Darius Curry, Corey Hall at a Cleveland high school, he's going to be a stud. All these guys are really, really intriguing, and it's just a testament to what these guys are doing out there. I'm going to play more audio from Norvell here in just a sec, talking about what the recruiting pitch for CSU looks like. I also asked him you know, if, if he feels like Mike Leach and Sonny Lubick should be in the College Football Hall of Fame. But before we get into that, before we get into the FCS approach, I did want to talk about some of the other things we learned from Norvell. If you've been paying attention to the way they do things, they like to host their highest rated recruits in June. The people they're most eager to sign, a lot of these are the fringe P5 type players, or in some cases, legitimate P5 talents. Jordan Ross, Darius Curry, these guys could play anywhere. I would argue the same thing about um, well, honestly, most of these top guys in the 2024 class, both these receivers are really exciting. Dupree, the running back out of Arkansas, is an absolute steal. It's a really athletic, really intriguing group. But what uh, what actually really interested me about what Norvell went into as far as this approach is just how they don't get too cute with it. There's a lot of BS in recruiting, a lot of non-committable offers, especially from Power 5 schools. They love to do that shit. The CSU staff, though, they just like to get down to business. If they feel like you're a guy that's going to translate well, they try to get you on campus immediately. They offer you, and they try and seal the deal. And I just, I think that players really do appreciate that, especially some of these guys that are being strung along by bigger schools. And I think that it helps that there's just a genuineness to this staff that really comes through, especially in person once these kids get to campus. I mean, you see everything CSU has to offer you're around Jay Norvell, you're around Matt Mummy, you know, Chad Savage and these guys. It's it's really easy to buy in. I commend this staff, like pretty much everything they do, for not making things more complicated than they need to be, giving open access, being genuinely good dudes, being open and upfront on the recruiting trail, not trying to play a bunch of mind games with kids. It's just really refreshing. And to me, it feels like there's a sincereness that genuinely comes through. All right, I'm going to play this audio talking about the recruiting pitch, what it looks like at CSU. Jay talks about how it really kind of goes back to his days at Oklahoma. And, you know, they play a a fun style. It, It allows players to play in the spotlight. And I think you guys are going to enjoy this answer. I mean, we got a great campus. We got a great community. We got great facilities. Uh, we got an enthusiastic coaching staff, and we're going to play a great schedule and, and, and get great exposure. Uh, and so I think kids are excited about that. We play in an offense that people want to play in. I mean, our, we were able to recruit great receivers because we throw the ball and quarterbacks. And and that was – I learned that at Oklahoma. I mean, you know, when we were spread wide open, tempo, team – I mean, we attracted great receivers and great quarterbacks. You know, Mike Leach went to Oklahoma in 1999. And when he went to Oklahoma and they decided to throw the football, they recruited great quarterbacks. So, and that, Mike Leach started that. And it was Bob Stoops that had the courage to hire Mike Leach. And, you know, they got hype and then they got uh, Sam Bradford and Jason White and, and all the great players that was started because of Leach. And so um, we 
are not shy to say that we want to throw the football. We want great receivers and quarterbacks, and we attract kids because of that. And I think that's really important. Speaking of Leach, as it currently stands, neither he or Sonny Lubick are eligible for the College Football Hall of Fame. Would you like to see them change the standards? Can you accurately represent the history of college football without those two? No, I, I mean, I mean, uh, I think they're amazing coaches. Um, and I think they both are deserving of being in a Hall of Fame and they'd both get my vote for sure. You guys know that we love our Breckenridge beers over at DNVR, and it's because Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game, hang out with some buds, basically do anything than doing it with an ice-cold Breck Brew in hand. They've been doing it for 33 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. And for me personally, I am a big Mountain Beach sour guy. Most sours really aren't for me, but this one is just the perfect amount of sweetness, tartness, Really crushable. I'm going to be on vacation here coming up. It's going to be great to have a couple by the pool, maybe sitting in the hot tub. Really looking forward to that. Whatever you're into, though, Breck is going to have a beer for you. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. Also, while you're drinking a nice cold Breck brew, do it in style. Take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades and an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And what's especially epic about Shady Rays is they offer the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even day one, they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. So you can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because you know they're going to have your back long after you purchase. If you want to check it out in person, check out their brand new location in the Park Meadows Mall, full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. And again, if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange for a new pair, return them free within 30 days. No risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Finally, when you get hurt, Bax and Shanker is here to help. Bax and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients, now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accident, motorcycle, ride share, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. All right, all right, all right. So I had an article come out about the transfers and just how important they're going to be from a standpoint of creating competition within the roster. Jay talked about how he felt like his starters got complacent last season. And, you know, he had a great quote from Bobby Knight. You got to be able to send somebody to the bench if they're not doing the right job. But last year they didn't have anybody to put in with so many scholarships to fill following the mass exodus of veterans this past off season. You know, CSU had to hit the transfer portal, but that's become, it's just become complicated for mid-majors. They don't have the NIL to land the type of P5 dropdowns that they typically used to. I always think about a guy like Preston Williams, former five-star prospect, the number one receiver in the country, all that goes to Tennessee. It doesn't work out. In the NIL era, 
there's almost no way he ends up at CSU. He did have the relationship with Bobo, so I guess I shouldn't say never. But the reality is, is someone like Ole Miss would have thrown him 50K or 100 grand or whatever it may be. And this isn't me sitting here being like, boo-hoo, it's wrong. A lot of these guys probably should have been getting paid. But it has obviously changed things for CSU, guys that in the past would have been trying to come down, trying to find a fresh start, a better fit, make a name for themselves for the NFL draft. A lot of those guys just chase a bag now. And frankly, it doesn't work out for a lot of them. But knowing you're not going to land the same amount of P5 transfers that you would have in previous years, you kind of have to adjust. And Norvell's talked about that on my podcast in the past. It's allowed them to, you know, maybe target some high school players that are going under the radar. But they're recruiting more FCS guys, more junior college players. And with this current group of transfers, the guys that came in in the spring over the winter and then, you know, through the summer as well, a lot of these FCS players are going to be expected to play pretty significant roles. There's a scenario in which three of the five starting offensive linemen are are former FCS guys. A couple of the corners in the rotation are going to be former FCS players. Dom Jones, the North Dakota safety, one of three bison to come over. And Tony Pierce Jr., he's going to start at defensive end. Kobe Johnson, very likely if not starting playing a significant role, some of that's going to be dictated by what happens with Morrow's legal situation. Last I had heard, they were close to a plea deal, and then something happened, and now it might be going to trial, and I don't know what any of that looks like. But I do know that Kobe Johnson, a valuable addition for this team, going to play a significant role on this offense. And I was just kind of curious when I was talking to Norvell, what does that look like? Do you lean on guys like Freddie Banks, who is at Montana State, Buddha Williams, who obviously came over from North Dakota State, when it comes to evaluating them, knowing who's going to translate, who won't. And one of the things that Norvell brought up is just coming from a winning program, which makes sense. You have the right tendencies. You have the right habits. You know what it takes to compete significantly and consistently. I mean, if you're starting at North Dakota State, that's a national championship contending program. And I understand that it's a level down, but we've seen those programs. They would compete in the Mountain West. And frankly, during some of those high years, North Dakota State would have gone into just about any stadium in this league and smacked them in the mouth. I really like getting guys from that program. I think it's going to be huge. I think all of them have a potential to be quite impactful. But here's Jay Norvell talking about all of it. You brought up the transfers and how they played key roles at other schools. Some of these guys are are making a jump up from FCS D2. What is that evaluation process like? And do you lean on, you know, Freddie and, and Buddha and yes. some guys that have kind of been at that level and knowing, yes, these guys will translate? I think that was very strategic by us. I think uh, that's been a big change for the way we recruit. Um, we just couldn't compete with NIL for Power 5 kids. We used to get Power 5 kids all the time. Now we can't get them uh, in the transfer portal. Um, and so, you know, we've had success with FCS kids that have played at really good programs that have won, and uh, they're hungry. They they're hungry for the opportunity to play at Colorado State, and uh, you know, we got three really good players from North Dakota State. It's a great program. Um, they they've won championships. They've been very productive. They've been well coached, um, and I think we've been very strategic about the transfer players that we bring in um, that they can come in and play a big major role for us and um, and play quality football and so that's been an important evaluation for us 
And really, those kids are there until our young kids can grow and mature. I still think the best way to build a football team is through freshmen um, that fit your qualities, that learn your program from the bottom up, that have deep roots in your program. And and in the, in the long run, those players handle adversity way better uh, because they're more connected in your program. Um, it's just kind of the, the nature of where we are in college football. Everybody's going through the same thing we are in that they have a group of transfer players they're trying to instill in their program that are filling weaknesses that they have in their roster. And, you know, getting that chemistry is not easy. It's a big challenge. And, and so as we go into training camp, it's trying, we're trying to elevate and connect all these areas of our team that are newer, you know, and, and so, and that's, it's pretty common all over college football. Palisade, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man.